Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger recognizes the complexities of today's fire ground and the multitude of incidents that require firefighters to step into areas of increased risk. Draeger's firefighting equipment gives you the confidence to concentrate on the task at hand. Learn more at Draeger.com. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. From Hope, BC, I'm Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Karen Fry has spent 21 years in the fire service as a firefighter and a deputy chief in Surrey, BC, working in some uh, dispatch roles as well in the early days. Uh, the fire chief in Nanaimo currently sits on the executive board uh, with the Fire Chiefs Association of BC as the first vice president and uh, most recently announced as the new fire chief for the city of Vancouver and joins me today on the podcast. And Karen, uh, thank you for thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today, Tom. You, uh, first off, congratulations uh, on the appointment. Uh, how did you feel when you got that call? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's not something that 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 had hit me over overnight. It, it was a process that I've been going through. You know, when I made the decision to apply uh, early in July, but you know, there's a lot of capable and and strong collective individuals out there. So when I was, you know, asked if I would accept the position, I was pretty elated, and and I'm not one for big celebrations. Uh, I think that. The bigger impact for me was once it was announced publicly, I sure didn't expect the amount of uh, publicity that came with it, that's for sure. Tell me about your career. Uh, How did it all begin 21 years ago? Yeah, so I worked in the private sector. Uh, Good old Jimmy Patterson and the uh, Save on Foods and Overweighty Days. Like, strange enough, a lot of people uh, have, have come through that and spent a lot of time on customer service. So. Uh, started there early in my career and uh, was approached a couple of times about applying for a job with the fire department by uh, a colleague's husband that was working in the fire department. Obviously, he saw something in me. And uh, so back in 1999, I was looking for a potential change in careers in emergency services, uh, always kind of piqued my interest. And uh, so back in 99, I applied for a job as a dispatcher and was fortunate enough to be successful and had taken some courses. So I was, you know, met met the minimum requirements and started there in 99 and and worked in dispatch for probably, I'm going to guess, three to four years. And then the same gentleman that had encouraged me to apply the first time uh, was retiring out of his position. And so... Uh, I applied for his position, which at the time was uh, captain of pre-planning and uh, was successful in that. I'd done some courses and and learned about computers and mapping and everything else I needed uh, at that time and uh, worked in that role for two years and saw some amalgamations with dispatch centers uh, until 2006 when uh, I again was approached to uh, by a colleague to apply for a position that they were posting in Surrey. Uh, in 2006, I went over there for 10 years as a deputy chief. First time they uh, hired a female chief officer. And uh, for the first few years, oversaw the dispatch and communications and really grew that area of the business uh, in Surrey and then did some prevention 
and worked in the prevention division, uh, overseeing prevention and dispatch as we juggle portfolios quite frequently, and did that for a few years and became operational duty chief uh, on, on occasion uh, until 2016 when I came back to Nanaimo. It's a long story. <laughs> And in 2016, came back here as a, a deputy, the only one deputy chief, and uh, last, that lasted about a year. And um, my chief at the time retired, and uh, I was successful enough to act and then be appointed into his position, which I've been doing since 2017. You touched on diversity, and, and certainly uh, you're no stranger to first times to in terms of history, uh, you are Vancouver's first female fire chief, and that that's significant. That's a big deal. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, Tom. I it is, and and I, I need to recognize that more frequently because to me, I'm just a person, just like everybody else is a, a human being, and I'm no more special than anybody else. Uh, but but I do recognize now the amount of weight and the amount of uh, honor that that holds and uh, as a kind of a key benchmark for the city and really for the country. Did you did you see going back to the to the 2000s when you when you got involved in particular in Surrey did you face any challenges personally? Oh yeah <laughs> I wouldn't be naive enough to say there there haven't been challenges for me along the way but really just kind of getting through those challenges and not letting them come down or, or, or take me down. I'm pretty strong and stubborn of a personality. Uh, you know, there's throughout my career, there's been definite challenges, but there's been challenges with other individuals in our industry as well, uh, even like males. And, you know, I was told at the time, I'm going to go back to, you know, early 2000s when I was told that, a, uh, you know, a woman couldn't be a firefighter even. Uh, there's no way they could pass a physical test. And I was pretty fit at the time. And I passed, I, I didn't want to be a firefighter at that time or anything, but I thought I'd run through their combat challenge and I passed it. So, you know, it's just, a, sometimes it's a little bit about proving that there shouldn't be as many differences. And, and sometimes I said, you know, uh, being a, a female, we do need to be fit. Uh, to be in this job or this role or as a firefighter and you can have a lot of unfit males too so that shouldn't be the only reason why a female isn't in the fire service. You can't ignore the uh, the impact that uh, that one like yourself would have on other women in the fire service or those thinking of getting in the fire service. Do you see that uh, that getting stronger uh, the, with the move to sit to a, to a large center like Vancouver? Yeah, that's that's probably one of the, the main reasons is, you know, this is, I may be the first, but hopefully I'm not going to be the last. And, and the glass ceiling may have been pretty thick when I, when I took the first stabs at it, but it's going to get thinner and uh, there's going to be a lot more opportunities for uh, other women in the fire service. And I've really seen that across the province and across the country back in 2006, when I first became a chief officer in Surrey, uh, I could probably count on a couple of fingers how many chief officers there were in career departments uh, across the country. And now, you know, it's, it, 
it's in the probably dozens that there's chiefs and chief officers, uh, deputy chiefs, even across British Columbia, a lot of departments have uh, female leadership at different levels in the organization. I want to talk a bit about the challenges in the new in the new position in the new city, uh, so to speak, in terms of Vancouver. This is a department that has close to a thousand people working there. Um, I, I I find that remarkable. I mean, I come from a small small situation, but it uh, it I I would take it as very overwhelming. Well, <laughs> yeah, I you know it, it's 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 the same thing just on a bigger scale uh, of everything we do and and definitely we're going i i will be relying on the other chief officers and the captains and uh the union and the leadership everybody has a role to play and i don't need to know how much water to put on a fire you know that's why we have experts in in different areas uh within an organization in a smaller fire department uh, you have to be the master of all, and you have to understand uh, a lot of the different aspects uh, of the job. And in a larger department, you become more specific and uh, a bit more um, centered on an area of specialty. And um, so there's a lot of excellent specialists at those larger departments that they're focusing on one or two kind of key areas of of, of their role, that's what I'm going to be relying on. Communities across Canada are unique in the challenges that they face, uh, but certainly what isn't unique is the fact that the fire service has to face those challenges. And Vancouver being no exception, the fact that there are some unique risks, uh, maybe uh, maybe not unique in terms of um, in terms of homelessness, in terms of uh, of the overdose crisis. Uh, how do you feel on those topics? I know I know you've been quite passionate. Uh, about the homeless issue and the uh, and the encampment issue, the tent cities that seem uh, are are quite prominent out in the in Western Canada. Yeah, you know, I, I think Vancouver is definitely going to have some challenges uh, for as a city and as a fire department and public safety. And one of those challenges is that the only way you can get into the downtown core is over a bridge. So, so you know, everything's uh, kind of. Uh, centered on water around Vancouver, just about, right? It, you know, it, it's limited access into the city, but, you know, with big cities come big city problems and at an order of magnitude that's a lot larger than than some of the other smaller communities. And the homelessness and um, opioid and addiction and mental health crisis that our country is facing and our province and our cities uh, is overwhelming. And, and, these people that that are homeless are some of the most vulnerable people in our country and we need to do what we can and sometimes it's not the the right choice but we need to try and keep them as safe as possible uh insofar as is where they're living and their living conditions and and yes yeah, sometimes they're they're living in encampments and tent cities and they don't have a lot of opportunity or resources there to keep them warm and to cook their foods and everybody needs to play a role and there needs to be a lot more uh, resources that are are working together and it's not just uh, the health units 
and the mental health and addictions, it's got to be from all levels of government. And right now it seems to be a bit disjointed depending on the community that you're in and the services that you may get for your community. And, uh, and, and I believe that provincially we need to uh, come together more uh, in a robust and collaborative situation in order to make a difference and to protect these individuals and to give them resources. You know, uh, the communities might not have all of the resources, but the health authorities or the housing authorities have some of those resources. And, you know, the last thing that, that fire departments want to go to is to a, a tent fire where some of our most vulnerable people uh, have been injured or die because of their living conditions. And so we need to be able to try and make it as safe as possible for them while they're there. And sometimes making it safe aren't always the popular decisions because it's removing explosive uh, gasoline and fuels and open flame. This, uh, of course, leans toward, you know, the the responders and, and their mental uh, wellness. Uh, how, how can you see or do you have any strategies that can help improve already the good work that we're already doing for for mental wellness of our of our of our of our staff yeah i think it's something we're continuing to have to work towards and and looking after the mental wellness and it's not just mental wellness i'm going to talk about all of the health and wellness and that includes uh, reducing our risk of cancer and heart disease and taking those proactive and preventative measures and again with mental wellness it's it's doing the prevention up front and it's just like fire education and everything else. If we can, one ounce of prevention uh, is paid back in lives saved. And if those lives are firefighters, because we are giving them the tools beforehand and making it okay to talk about, you know, our mental well-being and reducing the stigma, that is something that we all need to continue to do. And and something that, that I live by as well, you know, I'm I need to lead by it, and if I need to do a, a, a check-in a couple of times a year with a, a counselor, I will do that, and that's something that I do. Uh, because if I'm not if I'm not well at the top, or if I'm struggling, uh, I can't help anybody else out there. And so it's it's we need to be able to put into our budgets items and situations and training and resources to help help our staff. We can't ignore the fact that we are in the middle of a global pandemic and taking on a position such as this would be daunting to begin with. How about under these current circumstances? Yeah, well, I'm glad the vaccine is here. And, you know, and, and my grandfather passed away during the, this pandemic and not as a result of the pandemic, but the inability of our family to be able to see our loved ones is really a daunting burden for families to go through. And the fire service, we continue to do what we do, right? We, we continue to respond and, and we change the rules and we adapt and we change in order to be able to keep ourselves safe. And it's something that I know that Vancouver is passionate about. It's something that even in my current role, we actively work towards and we need to continually adapt and change in order to be able to keep it, to keep our, firefighters and our responders safe so we can continue to respond to emergencies and uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for 2021 that it's going to be a bit less uh, locked down 
and uh, for 2020 we'll to put behind us but you know so many lives have been lost and it's just tragic uh, because sometimes it's those simple things that that others could have done like washing their hands and and not traveling and wearing a mask to help reduce the spread in the last few months uh, how did your department uh, in nanaimo uh, uh, i guess adapt uh, to the training changes and what I, I've asked, I've asked a lot of uh, fire chiefs across Canada this question, what changes will you keep in place or will departments you think keep in place moving forward? Yeah, so one of the things that we, we adapted, we run a training academy uh, called Viera and we have uh, transitioned to almost all online for our fire officer program as well as our uh, 1001. So we've gone to more of an online training opportunity or training mo model. Uh, we've done the same with, instead of face-to-face -face meetings for operational meetings, we run those in Zoom. So we'll continue that. You know, our stations are locked down right now. Hopefully that will free up as well as, you know, the, the a bit more of the public education. Um, we will be transitioning more to a digital or a social media type of public education. And that's, that's the way new people learn anyways, right? This is the way our young people learn. They're, they're not learning by going out and having a visit by somebody. They, they spend their 45 seconds on social media and, and they, that's how they're learning a lot of, of what they know about fire safety and anything else nowadays. So we'll continue with those type of programs. You know, we're, we've always done a good job. The fire service always has done a good job of PPE and making sure that we're protected and that we, you know, we're wearing our gloves and our masks. And so that's nothing new. It's just the level and, and the enhanced door questioning and things like that that have changed. Uh, but, you know, that will go back to normal levels uh, once the pandemic is over. I would think, uh, I would think that the, the message that you have to leave today, I think, for the, I guess, young men and women, those coming up in the force that want to be part of the fire service, uh, what kind of message can you give them in terms of getting involved, putting your name forward, and and I guess getting out there and being part of this crazy business? I think we're going to need more people in the future, and I, I want to help encourage those to, to get their start. Yeah, I would encourage anybody to start uh, if they're interested, if they're in a smaller community, to, to go to your local fire department and volunteer and see about volunteering and not letting uh, just because your your gender or uh, your heritage isn't demonstrated in the in the fire service already, don't let that hold you back. Um, it's a lot of it's hard work and don't think that it's an easy job that you can just put your feet up at. It's continually training and uh, a growing business. It's an all hazards approach and we have to train and make sure that, that we're adequately trained uh, and training our staff. So be prepared to train. So if you, if you like service to your community, you're community minded, you like to work hard, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity uh, for individuals and and we're becoming more diverse and we're not there yet, but we're getting closer and, and we're gonna continue to lead and to encourage young people uh, in our communities to, to come out and try uh, being a firefighter or to join the fire service in another capacity. Do you have a vision for your, uh, for your new position with Vancouver Fire? 
that's an interesting question and do I have a vision yet? I, I think I need to, to go there, uh, get my feet wet per se. Uh, I, I do want to focus on their growth plan and I do want to focus on health and wellness for, for the department and I do want to, to focus on public education and prevention and training and training. And when I say training, I don't just mean training of the staff because it, it is so important, something that we need to continually do to make sure that, that we have the skills and we maintain the skills in the department but it's training at all levels and across our community. Uh, and so that's, those are kind of my visions to carry on some of the great work that Chief Reed uh, started in Vancouver uh, with the fine uh, staff that are there, women, men, and uh, support, you know, to continue that and to, to really, you know, another thing I, I actually want Vancouver to, to become a leader and, and, to make a difference and and they are making a difference every day but it's not always recognized and it's something that that i'd like to see uh be a leader across the country karen fry is the uh, fire chief for the city of vancouver and karen i thank you for uh, for taking the time today you're welcome thank you for joining firefighting in canada the podcast brought to you by drager your trusted safety solution provider visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes